Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On the Believe Podcast Network and LAFBnetwork.com. This is your destination for Los Angeles football. Los Angeles, what's happening? Welcome into another episode of the LA Football Podcast here on the LA Football Network, LAFBnetwork.com. Yeah, it's your destination for your favorite Los Angeles Football teams, Rams, Chargers, Trojans, Bruins, sprinkle in some high school football because we got the best high school football athletes in America. We're going to be adding more of that as the season goes on. We're also on the Believe Podcast Network. Hope you guys have been well, had a great week thus far. Just getting started, obviously, early week. Um, but there's a lot to be excited about. Training, training camp starts this week. Ecstatic. I will be there, Chargers and Rams camp. Cannot wait to bring you guys more up-close and personal information about what's going on at camp this year. Um, since we're allowed to be back, it's going to be great. going to be fantastic. So, um, Great show today for you, though. Part two. If you watched last week's episode, if you haven't, you need to go back and watch last week's episode. Jesse Naylor, he's a 49ers beat writer for Sports Illustrated, also runs Last Second Sports YouTube channel. Um, we did a live show talking Rams and Niners, the rivalry, who had a better offseason this got cut a little short by uh, circumstances, uh, unman-made circumstances, if you will. We get into that right now in our conversation about what happened, but obviously everyone's hell, everyone's okay. Nothing, no one was hurt. So <laughs> it wasn't a horrible, horrible thing. Um, I had to cut a little short. So we're like, well, let's do part two today. So we jump on, finish our conversation, have a blast doing it. Jesse's an awesome dude. I think he's a Tim Tebow lookalike. Let me know what you guys think about that. Um, but yeah, of course, today's show brought to you by betonline.ag. Baseball's back after the all-star break. Bet on baseball. But really, we, we want to talk about what's bet on for football. So who's going to win this NFC West, right? That's what we, the conversation we have a lot, me and Jesse, is how does the NFC West shake out? Because it's the best division of football, arguably. Some say arguably. I think it is the best division of football. Uh, but it could any. I mean... I, in my opinion, the Rams are the favorite. What up, Rammies? I always do the wrong hand. Um, but Seattle is always going to be a playoff team with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. The Niners, now they're getting healthy, could be very, very potent again, just being in a Super Bowl two years ago. And the Cardinals are a wild card. Like on paper, they're fan- the, the Cardinals could win the division on paper. I mean, they got so much talent, but Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, what do they do? But anyway. You can go to betonline.ag. You can pick your winner of the divisions. You can pick who's going to win the Super Bowl. Bet now. I know you got to wait a while, but hey, put 100 bucks down now. Maybe turn that into thousands. Who knows? Betonline.ag. Tell them the guys at LAFB sent you. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus, whether you go desktop or mobile. It's betonline.ag. Check them out. But with that being said, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to report on uh, in, in the personal life. So let's just jump into it. Let's get into this conversation, Jesse Neller, part two of our Rams and Niners conversation. I think as we go through training camp, we'll bring guests on for both the Rams and Chargers. Plus, we got uh, we got fall camp starting for the Trojans and Bruins. A lot of stuff happening. We're gonna we're gonna. I, I want to make sure moving forward in the coming weeks that every show we hit every team. Cause I don't want fans to be like, Oh, I listen to the LA football podcast, you know, once a month when they do a, a, a show specific to my team, it's just the off season. So it's been kind of sporadic. Everyone's traveling. Everyone's different. But once we're back in the season rolling, cause we did this last year too. We hit every team, every show. So we get at least 15, 20 minutes for your team. We're gonna get the greatest guests, the greatest information, 
all right to your ears or your eyes if you watch us on YouTube at LAF Network. Hit the subscribe button if you can. Helps us out exponentially. So, with that being said, here's my conversation with the great Jesse Naylor. Hope you guys enjoy. Rams fans, hit me up on Twitter at Ryan Darrett, LAFB. Let me know what you think. Should I have trash talked more? It was a very cordial conversation. So let me know. Should I have been a little more brutal? Was I too nice? Or is it is it a, uh, you know, we, we created a, a safe zone, safe haven to talk Rams Niners. Let me know what you think, Rams fans, at Ryan Darrett, LAFB, or at, at LAFB Network. Either one I will respond to. Enjoy this conversation. Jesse Naylor, appreciate you, bro. Here we go. All right, LA, what's up? I am delighted to be joined back for part two of our discussion of Rams and Niners. He writes for all 49ers, part of the Sports Illustrated umbrella, and also runs the Last Second Sports YouTube channel. Jesse Naylor, glad to see that things are okay on your end. What's up? Thanks for coming back on, though, so we could finish this great conversation. Listen, I actually had no issues the other night. I just wanted to make it a two-parter. I enjoyed being on so much. I'm like, how do I scheme my way back onto the show? And that's that's the way I did it. So I'm glad it worked. There we go. Smart man. Smart man. You, <laughs> maybe not in the game for a long time, but you already know how it works. So, uh, but no, in all reality, obviously, you know, life happens. Some things, uh, you know, some nothing life-threatening or anything. But uh, yeah. walk, walk us through what, before we get into more <laughs> football talk, what actually happened on uh, Wednesday night as we were live on the air, which is, I, I thought it was even better. So uh, <laughs> I felt so bad. Oh my gosh. I was mortified. Okay. So essentially what happened is my phone's blowing up. I'm like, what is going on? It's my wife calling me over and over and over. I'm like, Never whatever. Like we're in the house together. If she really needs me, she'll come in. And uh, so I'm like, let's just finish this show. We're good. <laughs> so all of a sudden, like to the right of me, I've got double doors, like double glass doors. And so, I hear like tapping on the window and it's my wife. She's like, you know, hitting it with her nails. She's like, I need you right now. So I'm like, all right. So you're in the middle of talking. I'm going, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what to do. So I wait till you're finished. I'm like, listen, man, uh, let me check on something. You know, you, you graciously took it over. So I go outside and our sprinklers have been going for seven hours, according to our neighbors. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is not a big deal. I'll just shut off the main water. Yeah. I'll come back. I'll finish the show with Ryan. And then I'll figure it out afterwards. So I hit the main water. Sprinklers are still going. Sprinkler system, mind you, is turned off everything. So you've got mm -hmm. your box of solenoids that everything runs through. That's completely flooded out. So I'm in like full panic mode. I don't know what to do. The water bill is going to be through the roof. It's flooding in the backyard. Like what is going on? So come back in, shut things down with you. And then, of course, cooler heads prevail. Mm -hmm. And takes me two minutes and I calm down a little bit and realize, oh, all I got to do is flip this valve, flip this valve, and we're good. And, you know, naturally, the show's over at this point and it is what it is. But mostly crisis averted. Water bill will probably <laughs> suck. But listen, there are bit. worse things in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, glad everything was okay. Uh, two things on that. One. Touche to your wife for not just barging in. I mean, not that I would have cared. She should have just came in and said, hey, like we're, you're not on like, you know, you're not doing ESPN or anything. I need you right now. Yeah. So touche to her. Thank her for me. Uh, again, not that I would have cared. But then also, as soon as I leave, as soon as like we shut it down and I wrap up to my ending and stuff, I go out and I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll never guess what happened. Like, it's the beauty of doing live. And she's like, you would have never answered me. Like, I try all the I try all the time to get your attention. You just ignore me. I'm like. Well, you know, it's part of the game, I guess. <laughs> Listen, all you got to do is play back exactly what I said about skipping the phone calls. And then she'll understand that we all do the same thing. But yeah. once she's tapping on the door, I, I got no options. <laughs> exactly. That's when, yeah, that's when you've, you've averted it the most. So we're glad everything's okay. But anyway, back into Rams Niners talk, uh, which ha has been a blast so far, Jesse. So I think, again, for you kind of reach out and set this up. Uh, obviously, you have tremendous knowledge of the Niners and you seem to have good knowledge of the Rams, too, which is great. Uh, and we kind of ended the conversation as which are potential more additions either of these teams could have. And I think we both agreed both teams could use some more edge depth. Uh, so yeah. we kind of went into that. So we'll move on past additions now. I was I kind of put the nail on it anyway, saying the Rams just don't have money. So nothing's really going to happen for the Rams. <laughs> right. Rams fans, I've been saying that for all offseason and other podcasts say otherwise. And, you know, not to do one of these. But so far, they haven't added anyone. So right. that's kind of the way it's going to be. So let's move on to this. So for a successful season for each of these teams, best division of football, NFC West, in my opinion, best division of football, what needs to happen first? I'll start with you for the Niners for it to be considered 
a successful season. I know every team is Super Bowl. You know, that's what right. you want. But that's not always a reality. And sometimes if you know, win the division, if you make the playoffs, win a playoff game, that's considered a success. So in your eyes, what would be considered success for the Niners this year? I would say getting to round two, getting to the divisionals. As long as the Niners, first of all, making the playoffs is always good. Coming off of a year where they didn't make the playoffs, had a ton of injuries. I think that would be a success. But I really think they have to win at least one playoff game or get that bye to make it to that second round. Most likely the bye is not going to happen. I mean, only one team gets it now. It's probably going to be Tampa. They've got an easy schedule. They, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The division, yeah, the division's not hard. And they're the defending Super Bowl champs. So I would imagine it's probably going to be them that gets it. So I would say as long as the 49ers can make it to round two, that should be considered a successful season. Of course, 49er fans think it's Super Bowl or bust. And they are Super Bowl ready. It's a win now mode. I'm a little bit less bullish on that. So yeah, I'll say round two of the playoffs, we're good to go. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think just being subjective, since I'm not a Niners fan, like anytime you draft a quarterback third overall in the draft, you're not yeah. really in win now mode. Like here, yes, you have, obviously the Niners have pieces to win now, but they have a plan in place for many, many years. Whereas on the other coin, the Rams, I would say they're, in my opinion, by what they've done over the last four years in free agency, in trading and not having no first round picks, it might not even be get to the Super Bowl and bust. It might be win or bust for this Rams team just because of all they've done to build this team, all they gave up to get Goff when they drafted him, and then all they gave up to get rid of Goff and bring in Stafford. Uh, they're basically saying, we believe this team can't won't just make the Super Bowl, but win it this time after mm -hmm. being there just three years ago, Niners the year right after. Um, so for the Rams, I think for a successful season, they need to win it all. Now, if they make it or they make it to the NFC, you know, divisional round or NFC championship game, obviously there'll be disappointment, but I think you're, you're running it back. You're saying, okay, the, the model we built is successful. We just need to tweak some things, maybe add a position player here or there, but we don't need to blow anything up because we, we made a step further, right? Going to the division mm -hmm. round last year. Now they go to the NFC championship or the Super Bowl again. Um, but to be a true success for the Rams, cause just because of what they've done, I think it's win the Super Bowl or, uh, or bust. Let me ask you this, because we have a lot of talk in, in 49er land about if they don't make the playoffs, what happens? And I'm a firm believer that that puts Shanahan in the hot seat. He probably won't be fired, but Lynch will probably be let go. That'll be the scapegoat. And then Shanahan was has one more year to figure it out. What about McVay, though? And I'm not saying he should be fired, but if they don't make the playoffs after him being so bold and coming out and making it very clear that Goff was the problem. He's the reason that they can't win. And then you go and you trade all that capital to get Stafford. And if you don't make the playoffs, what does that mean for McVay in your opinion? It's a great question. And uh, I, I agree with you too about Shanahan. We can talk more about that in a second yeah. too, but um, it's a good question. I don't think even if they were to miss the playoffs, I don't think McVay would be necessarily on the quote unquote hot seat yet just because Four years, four winning seasons. I know one year they didn't make the playoffs, but they still finished nine and seven. Uh, you know, the Rams historically, after their greatest show on turf years, have been historically bad in the, you know, Jeff yeah. Fisher years, Steve Bagnola years, stuff of like that. So they haven't seen this kind of success. And I know once you get to that, once you start tasting success, you expect more and more and more. Um, so I don't think one year missing the playoffs would put him on the hot seat, but you made a very good point there. The fact of how bullish he was in, getting rid of Goff. It was kind of an awkward, severed relationship at the end there. I know they yeah. both tried to be respectful, but stuff have come out here and there, and, and Goff was blindsided by it and all this. And, you know, I've talked to beat reporters for the Rams that basically say, yeah, Les Snead is a GM, but Sean runs the show. Like, when, mm -hmm. when things need to happen, Sean calls the owner, not, not Les. So, yeah. Sean, and I'm, I think it's the same kind of with the Niners. That's why they're so similar in coaches, is that Everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he's the coach. The GM makes the personnel decisions. Well, yeah, maybe maybe Les makes the final phone call to the other GM, but Sean's the guy behind the scenes saying, this is who I want. Go make it happen. And he has the power to do that. So if that fails and say Stafford doesn't, I don't see them missing the playoffs with it, but let's just say for the sake of argument, he doesn't, he wouldn't be on the hot seat, but it, it would make things really tense in LA to where now both him and Les Need, I think, are now they're on a, a leash. Whereas right now there's no leash, right? They're, For sure. They've had this much success. 
whatever they're doing is working, even though it's crazy and it seems super bizarre and it's no other teams doing it. There's no leash. Whereas if they miss the playoffs this year, all of a sudden there's a leash, whether it's two years, three years, four years, but a leash would be created. So I think that answers your question a little bit, but uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. it does. I was just curious because, you know, again, a little bit different situations, but to your point, you know, the way that Shanahan runs things in San Francisco, I know that McVay has that same autonomy. And so it was just one of those thoughts that crept in my mind the other day. I'm like, listen, if if yeah. you went out and you got Stafford and you traded all these assets, something has to happen. There has to be some sort of repercussion. Like people at least got to start talking about it. So, yeah. And so while we're on that topic, let me ask you about Shanahan. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, people on Twitter probably don't think I am. I actually am a big Shanahan guy. I think he's a phenomenal offensive mind. Good guy. I think he's an overall good head coach. But in my opinion, his one Super Bowl, which obviously, albeit a great season they had, has somehow, for some reason, in a lot of circles, have made him seem as this elite coach, which in my opinion, three losing seasons to one good one doesn't make you elite. I still think he's good. He shouldn't be on the hot seat right now. So I think people take comments on Twitter, especially and blow them out of proportion. For sure. Um, you can say someone's overrated and it doesn't mean you think they're bad. They just exactly. shouldn't be considered yes. elite. Yes. So what's your opinion on Shanahan so far? I guess I'll just leave it the very broad question for you, but I'll let you talk. Yeah. About it. Well, listen, I'm first of all, I'm with you on the, the overrated and not being good thing. So one of, one of the things that always got me in hot water is I always said, that John Elway is the most overrated quarterback of all time. People are like, oh, how could you say such a thing? And I'm like, listen, at that time before Brady was the clear number one guy of all time, people thought Elway was better than Montana. I'm like, no, that is not a thing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so for me, I'm looking at it going, this guy had a career completion percentage of like 56.9. He's the mm -hmm. most overrated quarterback of all time, but he's still top seven, right? Like those things both can be true. And totally. I agree. Listen, if Shanahan doesn't have that last name, he's already on the hot seat. You cannot yeah. have three losing seasons in four years, even if the one year is making the Super Bowl and expect to not be on the hot seat in today's NFL. Jed York has shown in the past that he fires people on a whim. He does not care. He will pay out people. He's a questionable owner. I'll say that. But... He has a very short leash on people, but Shanahan, for whatever reason, again, probably because of his last name, just mm -hmm. has this stigma about him that he is such a genius and he can do no wrong. And anytime something bad happens in the organization, he gets zero blame from the fan base. Fan base mm -hmm. like, listen, the injuries are not his fault. Who cares if 36 injuries have happened four years during practice? That's not on him. No, never mind the fact that He's the one that drafted and brought in injury-prone players and old players. That's not his fault. That's John Lynch. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if they have another losing season, he absolutely needs to be on the hot seat. Like I said, they'll probably use John Lynch as the scapegoat, and he'll get one more year after that because he's an offensive genius, and he's got the young quarterback and all those things. But that last name is really saving his bacon, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and it's good to hear you say that because that's kind of been my my viewpoint is the guy's not a bad coach by any means, but no, I just don't see this. Like I saw literally a graph or whatever you call it, table, a table, a graphic or whatever. I think it was like four days ago, and it was like uh, coaching rankings, mm -hmm. and there was five elite coaches, and he was one of them, and John Harbaugh wasn't. And I'm like, John Harbaugh has as many losing seasons as Kyle Shanahan has as many winning seasons, <laughs> right. so. Things like that, and then I've used this comparison before. I 100% think Kyle Shannon's a better coach, so that's where it gets out of context. But just on paper, a guy like Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl, has more wins than Kyle Shanahan, and he's currently unemployed. And Shanahan's considered elite. So I've always, always just found it interesting, the, the conversation around Kyle. And yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that his dad was Mike Shanahan, and and you know, he's put together, constructed some great offenses and, you know, had the Falcons offense and, you know, made Matt Ryan an MVP and, and did some things even in Cleveland when they were a dumpster mm -hmm. fire with their offense through. So guy has a good resume, great coach, but yeah, I just, I've always been interested by the, the stigma that he's this elite guy in these four years when I don't think we've really seen it. Even, even the year they went, I think you would agree that yes, they did some good things on offense. I think their running game was fantastic, but I mean, the defense is why they went to the Super Bowl that year and they stayed healthy. Let me let me do you one better. So Chip Kelly, how does everybody view Chip Kelly? 
Well, I mean, yeah, the viewpoint is awful, of course. but <laughs> Extremely terrible, right? He got yeah. ran out of Philly, got to San Francisco, was there for a year, went like 2-14, and 14, got ran out of San Francisco, and now, you know, he's back in college doing whatever. Yeah. His record at this point in his career is the exact same as Shanahan's at this point in his head coaching career. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what you want to say, yes, obviously the team is being built and it can be a winner. I get the potential, but regardless of how they've made it happen, where they're at at this point in their careers, the exact same record. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that about chip. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So, uh, well, that's a good segue then that we can compare these two to the entire division. Cause oh, I mean, Pete Carroll, I think is going to probably, I mean, he's on the cusp of being a hall of fame. I think coach since his yeah. second stint in the NFL at Seattle, um, then you have, obviously, I think we both agree who's probably the bottom feeder, but I'll let, I'll let you start. How would you rank the, the four NFC West, uh, coaches so far, or at least going into 2021? Yeah, I would say, listen, I mean, or let's one do, and yeah, four. let's do that actually. Not to cut you off. Let's just yeah, go ahead. going into 2020, 21. Cause I think if you just compare careers, you have For to sure. have Pete Carroll one, but if we're saying who's the best coach right now, we'll do it that way. Make it a little okay. more. I'm, debatable. I'm still going to go with Pete Carroll one, but just because he's proven it. Right. There's no, they make the playoffs every single year. There's no reason to not put Pete Carroll number one. I like McVeigh. Obviously, I like Shanahan, but Pete Carroll is, is proven. And again, Harbaugh is a guy that doesn't get the credit and probably because he's not calling the offensive or defensive mm-hmm. plays. He has a true offensive coordinator, he has a true defensive coordinator. He was a special teams guy. Yeah. But, as a head coach, there's so much that goes into it. There's being being there for your players, creating a family atmosphere, also being stern, uh, managing a game, uh, you know, knowing when to push on players and knowing when to pull back. There's so much that goes into being a leader and a head coach that people don't get credit for. And you have someone like a, a Shanahan who is an amazing schemer. I mean, I put him up there with, Probably Andy Reid, Sean Payton mm-hmm. is the best X's and O's play callers, play designers in the NFL. But there's so much more to that than, you know, when you're a head coach, when you're an offensive coordinator, that's one thing. So, yeah. Um, that being said, Pete Carroll, he, he knows how to get the best out of his players. He's done it for way too long to not give him credit. He's number one. Number four is clearly Cliff Kingsbury. That guy <laughs> yeah. is a dumpster fire. And, uh, you know, he says that this is the year that we'll finally see his offense in full effect. We'll see about that. Yeah. But it comes down to <laughs> Shanahan and it comes down to McVeigh for that number two spot. I don't know. I mean, flip a coin. To me, it's it's very even. I think that, you know, top to bottom, I would probably take McVeigh most weeks. But for some reason, when McVeigh and Shanahan play, mm-hmm. Shanahan just has his number. And... You know, I think a lot of that is is there's a little bit of a, a big brother thing going on. You know, they they obviously came up together, but yep. Shanahan is the elder statesman, right? And I think that McVeigh learned a lot from Shanahan and just that whole coaching tree. And so I think there's a little bit of that. He looks up to Shanahan, but he also wants to beat him, you know? Totally. And so I'm I'm gonna go slight edge Shanahan only for that reason, because head to head, I believe that Shanahan has his number. But again, if, if I'm going the other 15 games of the season, I'm probably taking McVay. So mm-hmm. again, slight Shanahan, but I, you can convince me either way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great debate. And I think, uh, one and four, I definitely agree with you. Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, we'll see if he has a job at the end of this season. Cause that <laughs> yeah. roster, that roster in Arizona is so good on paper. Like it's now or never. No, yeah. And it kind of sucks for them considering the rest of the division is so good. Um, but with the extra playoff team, there's no reason the Cardinals should not make the playoffs. If they don't, it's either they get injury ridden or it's because Cliff Fingberry is their head coach. Uh, agree with you, Pete Carroll. I think I've always been a huge Pete Carroll guy, obviously being a USC guy also. So mm-hmm. seeing what he did down here uh, in Los Angeles with the Trojans. But what he does for that team, whenever I feel like there's so and part of this is Russell Wilson, obviously, too, or yeah. a lot of it is Russell Wilson. But every year there's I feel like. Every year I'm like, okay, Seattle's going to be bottom of the division or not make the playoffs or they're going to be contending for a top five pick. And yet they make the playoffs every year. <laughs> they don't do anything in free agency. They don't shore up the offensive line. 
But I think the biggest thing in this offseason, I think, was so um, uh, exemplified by this is you get back in whatever it was before the draft, after the draft. It's been such a long offseason, I can't remember. But Russ, for the first time ever, something comes out of him, quote unquote, like complaining about the offensive line. I talked about it many times. I think the media blew away out of proportion, but you know, something was said and all of a sudden there's all these trade rumors and this, and he wants out and these are the teams he wants and all this and yada, yada, yada. But the, the organization stayed pretty steadfast. You know, Pete Carroll stayed steadfast. I never really thought there was going to be an issue and there isn't here. We go in the training camp. They both mm-hmm. have said, yeah, we're all good. Russ has said him and John Snyder are good, but the whole thing that common denominator there is Pete Carroll. Now he is a well-oiled machine with his team, his teammate, his players love him. And I knew nothing was going to happen as long as Pete Carroll was the coach. You know, if he were, once he retires, then it's a whole different story. But as long as he was the coach, they were going to be fine. And Russ was going to be the quarterback there. So I think that to me is why also he, what makes him such a great coach. And then I'm one guy is for those abilities, not even when the season's going just to keep cooler heads and, and keep the roster intact. Now, when it comes to Shanahan McVay, I agree with you. It's very close. Uh, call it homerism. So maybe you went with him because Niners, I'll go with McVay. <laughs> yeah, the Rams. Sure. Um, I just think the fact that McVay's had four winning seasons, zero losing seasons. And I know everyone brings up the head to head, which is absolutely a point to bring up. But overall, not a single losing season. He's on his now uh, third defensive coordinator in just four years. And, uh, you know, after bringing in a guy relatively unknown in Brandon City last year, McVay found him, hired him, created the number one defense in the NFL with him, and now got that guy to be hired to a head coaching job. Every year, it seems like someone on this Rams organization, and a little bit too to the Niners as well, especially this last offseason, but every year the Rams uh, coaching staff just gets plucked with, you know, coaches being taken, whether it's an upgrade or whether it's a head coach, which I think plays pivotal into what Sean McVay is and who uh, – uh, who he is and what he does. So offensive mind wise, it's very, very close. Maybe even give the edge to Kyle Shanahan, but just what we've seen happen in four years, I have to give the edge to McVay. Um, even though both have been the Super Bowl and lost, but just the overall body of work in those four seasons, uh, I'll give the edge to McVay at two. So, but yeah, that's good. good three listen, guys that's totally fair. Like I said, I can be, I can be swayed either way. I really wish the 49ers had a opportunity to be on hard knocks because we got to see what McVay was made of, right? Last yeah. year, and this is why it's hard to go against him because last year you had all the racial tension, you had COVID, you had all these things stacked against you. And the way that he just handled all of it was such grace, mm-hmm. kept the team charged up, ready to go. And I mean, he just did such a phenomenal job and you got to see it front and center. So that to me was was really what sold me on McVeigh was he's able to keep all this together. And that team did not lose focus. He knew exactly again, when to not have practice, when to have practice, when to practice hard, when to pull back. So, you know, those are things that, that just come natural as a leader. And and he has all of those things. So, yeah, it's kind of fun, Jesse, to see in these last three to four to five years, this like group of kids that came up in the NFL. Now they're literally just taking it over with McVay, yeah. Shanahan, Zach Taylor. Uh, I guess not really Brandon Staley, even though he's on his staff, but all these guys, uh, Matt LaFleur. And now they're all just kind of running the NFL. It's the new guard, if, if you will. I know that happens kind of every, what, 20 years or so. And, and yeah. you're witnessing it. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's like a bunch of John Gruden's running around. It's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's another dumpster fire speaking of, but Hey, we'll move on. So, um, I know you guys hate ads, Everyone does, but don't skip forward. Hold on one second, real quickly, because you're going to want to hear this. The Olympics, baseball, major championships, concerts, they're all, everyone's all in on this summer. But you know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush. Thing of the past. Should be anyway. Tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped. I'm actually wearing the shirt. Wasn't even planning on it, but it's a very comfortable shirt. They are the leaders in below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, as they do, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide, not just stateside, worldwide, who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with my code LAFB20. The brand new lawnmower 4.0, I have it. It's fantastic. It's here to take the podium. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents 
thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. No one wants to talk about it, but we've all been there. Nicks, cuts, scrapes, gashes, whatever you want to call them. We've all had that happen. Not with Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch, which can engage a travel lock. So don't worry when you're traveling and your razor's not just going to turn on randomly if it bumps something. And it gives you ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight. This thing is beaming on and off when needed for more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof? Yeah, doing the shower, no mess. Michael Phelps drooling, just thinking of the possibilities. So once again, you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use the code LAFB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code LAFB20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. Now back to the conversation. So how, how do you think the division plays out? Uh, it's it's going to be tough, man. I mean, it's... Because the Niners, the, to me, the Niners are the wild card. I think mm-hmm. Arizona is a wild card in the sense because, like I said, I think on paper they're so good. But I just think coaching efi- deficiencies are going to hold them back. The Niners are, if healthy... I mean, they were in the Super Bowl just two years ago. They arguably upgraded at quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously, we talked last episode about losing a Robert Sala, how much of an impact that has, but overall keeping the core together. Uh, and then you have the Rams adding a quarterback uh, that's better than Goff. You have the Seahawks are still Seahawks. How does it play out? <laughs> well, again, as much as I would love to say that Russell Wilson and that Seahawks team, they're down, they're the last place team in the division. I just can't do it. You know, if you look at the mm-hmm. roster, they really probably do have the worst roster. But Russell yeah. Wilson is he's a he's magician. magician. He is. So I think the division plays out can play out in multiple different ways. First of all, let me be clear about this. I'm going to be bold and say that all four teams make the playoffs. I like okay. It. So we're going to have a divisional winner from each division. And then four NFC West teams are going to the playoffs. That's yeah, how it's going to play out players. in the NFC. So. I'm also doing that because <laughs> I'm going to hedge my bet a little bit. I'm on an LA network and I don't think you're going to like, or fans are not going to like what I'm about to say, but <laughs> all right. So if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback and I don't believe he will be, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback, that team finishes last in the division. And I think that the 49ers have the best roster top to bottom. You add in depth, everything. I think the roster is the best. But Jimmy Garoppolo is so far behind the rest of those quarterbacks that it's impossible for them to make it up, okay? So if he's the starter, they finish last in the division. Now, if Lance starts, I still think that they have the worst quarterback in the division because Lance is a rookie. No matter how good I think he's going to eventually be, right now he is not better than Murray, he's not better than Wilson, and he's not better than Stafford. But the difference between what I think he brings with that arm strength mm-hmm. and the, the mobility, I think that's enough for them to go. And, and again, from worst to first, I'm talking a game and a half separation. Like it's not going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's enough for them to win the division. So that's, that's how big of a difference that I think it is with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. So two different scenarios. All right. As much as I hate Cliff Kingsbury, and I think he's absolutely (laughs) atrocious, I think that Cardinals team is so prime. And Kyler Murray, people are very back and forth on Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. You either love Kyler or you hate him. Mm -hmm. I'm in the Kyler Murray camp. See this guy twice a year. He's an absolute monster. He's impossible to get a hold of. He is extremely good, in my opinion. I think he's very efficient, even though he likes to run around and do some crazy things. And if Cliff Kingsbury can do anything other than call four curl routes at the same time, every single play, (laughs) then that offense can be very explosive. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals to finish too. Again, I can't pick the Seahawks to finish worse. So I'm going to put them at three and I'm going to put the Rams at four. Now, a lot of people are on me about this because the Rams are extremely talented. And again, Stafford is a major upgrade. But I'm looking at this as a 17-game season, and every team is going to battle injuries. And we talked about it in episode one that the Rams lost a ton of depth, like a ton of depth on that defense. And listen, you can't predict injuries. I get that. 
But if a Ramsey goes down for two or three games or a Donald goes down for two or three games, I don't see how they win. Mm-hmm. And in a 17 game season, it's going to be a war of attrition and you're going to lose pieces at some point. The Rams have been very fortunate. They've been very healthy. At some point, that injury bug will bite them. And I'm banking on a couple big guys not losing the season or anything like that, but they will miss games. And when they do, how do they recover because they don't have the depth? And that's the reason that I think there's going to be that difference. Again, they make the playoffs, but I do think they finish last in the division. Okay. Yeah. Um, love the arguments. Love the uh, <laughs> the uh, reasoning. Um, I don't necessarily agree 100%, but that's great. That's good. Um, I agree with you that I do think this division can send all four mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, I'll start at the top. So I'll, I'll, let me explain it because I don't want to just sound like a homer. Um, but I, I think the Rams will finish first. And I agree with you, though. It's going to be like between a game or two games from first to last in the division. I think it's going to be extremely yeah. close. Um, here's why I think they're going to finish first. A, and I'm not diminishing your point, but A, I, I can't predict a team based on assuming they're going to have injuries. Yes, that does happen. Obviously, you guys know it very well in, the, in Ninerland. That does happen from one year to another. And there's a very big possibility that could happen. But based in the Sean McVay era, based on what he does in the offseason, you know, they're, they have a very light offseason program compared to other teams that starters do not play at all in preseason. They mm-hmm. have very light practices during the week. We had Andrew Whitworth on and he's like, I've loved being in LA. Like I never practice at all. Like I literally just do walkthroughs and show up on game day. So part of the is actual coaching and mentality of why they've been able to stay healthy. So I still think that, yes, there will, I agree with you. There will be some stuff that happens, but I think I, I can't predict based on assuming they're going to have injuries. I think they stay relatively healthy just because that's been their history. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also higher than most on what they drafted on depth based on some of the guys they lost. They drafted a guy, Robert Rochelle. I know out of a small, uh, small school, but super talented freak athlete, mm-hmm. not saying he can be Jalen Ramsey, but he's a guy that if needed to could maybe spell a couple games, come in there. If injuries did happen, um, you know, they added uh, Bobby Brown on the defensive line that they, they, they're going to mold into being, an Aaron Donald, I talked to, you know, coach Henderson, the defensive line coach, and he just is in love with this kid. And it's not, he's not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald because there's never going to be, I don't think an Aaron Donald no. again, but he has no. the size, the speed and the tendencies. So they did some things that not, it's not getting talked about nationally to add to that depth. Um, now here's the main reason I think they finished first is first since McVay has been in LA, they're eight, no against the Cardinals. So they haven't lost a single game to the Cardinals. I know there's been two different coaching uh, regimes there or three actually, because, uh, uh, they had the one coach Wilkes was only there for one season, but um, I think they continue that trend. He has his number, uh, even if they split Seahawks, it's always, it's been pretty split evenly. So I, it, there's no reason that that would change at some point. The Niners series, you would think it has to, I'm not even saying they sweep them, but you think yeah. at least be a split. I think sure. with the upgrade at quarterback, with the unknown at quarterback for the Niners, I would think the Rams can at least split. And then, after outside of the division, you know, it's pretty relative because all the teams play the same. So for those reasons, why I like the Rams just with the upgraded quarterback with how they've been able to stay healthy in the history of, of the McVay era and uh, some pieces they did add in depth to the draft and not a lot of people talking about, I think they do finish first. Second is hard because if healthy, I, I think the Niners, I agree with you. And if Trey Lance is the quarterback, we think he can be. First of all, I want to say, I love that you said you can't, you have Trey Lance last in the division because he's a rookie. I can't stand seeing these quarterback rankings come out when people have rookie quarterbacks over established guys. Like, yes, we're projecting they'll probably be better. But they've never played a game yet. Let's not put them right. above guys that have played five years and won a playoff game. <laughs> right. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I love that you said that at least. But the ability Trey Lance has, what he did in college, obviously why the Niners drafted him, if he's able to do that, that team's going to be explosive on offense. So I, I'm going to put them two based on getting all the guys back based on Trey Lance starting like you believe. Um, and then, yeah, I'll go Seahawks three just because Russell Wilson, they're not going to miss the playoffs, even though they finished third. And then, yeah, Cardinals four. But the Cardinals are – it's it's crazy. It's it, Who knows what they could do. But I, I just think four because of the coaching deficiencies. I will say this. So as much as I just said I think the Rams finish last in the division, if all four teams make the playoffs like I'm saying that they will, I believe, you know, again, assuming health, everybody's all in. I think the Rams will be the scariest team in the NFC West because they, at that point, like they will have had a a full season with Stafford at the helm. They'll have things completely figured out. And then of course you've got (laughs) Donald Ramsey, 
Whitworth, that receiving core is an absolute nightmare. So Mm -hmm. I think that going into the playoffs, they, regardless of where they finish, would be the scariest team and probably the team that likely makes it the furthest out of the West, as long as they don't have to run into Tampa before, you know, it gets too far into it. So that's the way that I, I would actually lay that out once they got to the playoffs. So as much as I say finish fourth in the regular season, as soon as they get to the playoffs, that flip flops, they're they're first now. <laughs> they're the yeah. best team going into the playoffs would be my my thought on that. Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating for sure. And I, I, we're a week away, dude. A week away from training camp. I know. Uh, absolutely can't wait. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, do you you make your trip out to, to Santa Clara often? Or I know you're. No, no, I don't. Out, I mean, but... it's it's full across. It's all the way across the United States. And usually <laughs> yeah. if I'm going back to the West Coast, I'm going back to Oregon to visit family. So. Oddly enough, I'm going to be in California this next week, but total vacation. I'll be in Shasta. We're getting a houseboat. So uh, that's that's what I'll be doing. But uh, no, I, I don't, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, if you happen to make it to LA for the the Rams-Niners game, make sure to hit me up. Love to grab a beer yeah. uh, on me. We'll get you a Brewery X beer, one of our sponsors. Fantastic local here in LA. Um, last thing before I let you go, and I don't want to harp too much on it because I don't like I've made a point when I do this show, I don't like diving into two guys' personal life and stuff, but yeah. I want to, I at least want to bring it up because it is in the news and he's been such an integral part to, mm. uh, in this division, both the Seahawks and obviously the Niners, obviously I'm talking about the Richard Sermon news and, you know, we just pray and hope all is best for him. But, uh, just briefly, cause I mean, you obviously cover, followed him a lot closer mm. because he was on your team. Uh, what do you make of the situation without, you know, playing out any of the logistics? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, just ultimately, you know, man to man, person to person, it's it's a sad situation. And what hurts me the most is I, what I was hoping when it first came out is that it was just, hey, he had one too many pops. He doesn't know how to handle his liquor. And, and he was a little off for a night. Right. Yeah. And especially when you heard the suicidal things and, and whatnot. But uh, then to hear that this is an ongoing thing and he's really been dealing with some serious demons, that's. That's what hurts me the most. And and I really genuinely pray that he gets the help that he needs. You know, who knows what's going on? Maybe he just knows that his football career is over. He doesn't know how to handle that. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, Richard Sherman, you and your family, I, I know that, you know, Ryan, you would echo these sentiments. Uh, we're definitely rooting for you, man. So, you know, just as a person, we hope that you pull through and, and come out of this better. And, you know, when, when you have dark times like this, usually doors tend to open as long as you can keep mm-hmm. a positive mindset. And, you know, maybe you can change many other people's lives just by being honest with this situation for what it is. And you can talk about it and laugh about it one day. And and like I said, turn some other lives around. So that's that's what I hope for from Richard Sherman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, great human being. Obviously, what he does in the community is is fantastic. And yeah. Uh, it does so much. So it's so sad to see whatever you think about him on the field, obviously he's yeah. been a rival for us, but you know, as just a human being and a, a person on this earth, he's done great things. And, you know, I've talked a lot, uh, obviously he's not with me right now, but my co-host Frosty Rucker who played 13 years in the NFL mm-hmm. and, and that, that mindset when you, when football is over, it, it's a real mental drain of like, what am I going to do now? And Richard Sherman didn't choose that. Like he went from just two years. I know last year was kind of a down year for him, but just two years, he was still considered a top 10, top seven cornerback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden free agency goes by, he doesn't get picked up. I think he would have been picked up in training camp. Now. I don't know, but I, how much of that I think plays into just the mental, like you're on top of the world, one of the best players in the game. And all of a sudden no one wants you. I mean, yeah. people don't understand. That's a big thing on your mentality when you're plus you play a game where you have to have this mindset where it's like dog eat dog. And all of a sudden no one wants you. So you know, thoughts and prayers for Richard. I think I think he's gonna be fine. I mean, out of all the situation, no one was hurt at least, thank God. Yeah. So yeah, you know, things weren't it doesn't look great, it doesn't sound great, which that's a whole different story about that stuff getting released. But anyway, just want to get your thoughts. But yeah, I, I you know, rooting for the guy. And I personally, just because of what he's done in the past, I think he'll be he'll be stronger for this and you know, hopefully his family and everyone just rallies around him. And I just wanna see fans not I hate seeing all the fans I saying bad it. stuff. I hate it, man. It's so much more than football and you know, you briefly touched on it, but just, I hate that everything is, is coming out, you know, videos, phone calls. It's, it's too much. Like I get it. These guys are in the public eye, but it's too much. We don't need to see that. I'm not, I'm not better for seeing it. Like I, I would prefer not to. So 
you know, it's there, obviously, you know, you're, you're going to put eyes on it, but it's, it's not something that I think should have come out to the public and it's unfortunate. I, yeah. Last thing on it, but I, that's something that drives me crazy because that's someone that I don't really consider myself a journalist, you know, podcaster, but I do write and stuff like that. But, but I mean, we do some journalism and, and a lot of in that situation, it's like, well, well, I'm, I'm a reporter. It's my job to, you know, find the news. And I'm like, well, that's not, like you said, it's not news. It's benefit. Like, journalists are supposed to sports journalists in particular it's like okay you're reporting on teams the games maybe sharing life stories like their backgrounds what they went through to get to where they are you don't need to share so it's going to break someone down that has zero <laughs> beneficial to society whatsoever it's just so you can get clicks to your website or listens right. on your radio segment so that always yeah, me crazy, i'm with but, you <laughs> yeah so all right man you're the man last thing before i let you go just gotta ask did who takes the season series is it is the niners going two and oh again are they splitting does McVay finally get the upper hand and take two against Shanahan? I love this rivalry. I love the coaching rivalry. I love that they both wanted Stafford and the Rams won out on it. Uh, I, I'm new. I shouldn't say new, but I'm well, kind of new. Three years in now to covering the Rams, so now I'm I'm fully getting more doctrinated into the Rams Niners rivalry, and mm-hmm. I think it's become much more heated up these last two or three years. And it's a blast. Every every week it's Ram Niners week. It's like my Twitter feed just explodes, and I freaking love it. So, how do you see the series going? I'll go with the split. It's going to be tough really for the Rams just because it's going to be like two home games for the 49ers. Fans are back into it. 49er fans travel well. I mean, when you can, when you have a fan base that can go to a Saints game or a Seahawks game or a Cowboy game and turn it into a home game, basically, that's wild. So you know that it's basically going to be like two road games for the Rams. That being said, Stafford definitely is a major upgrade. I think they've definitely got some swag over there, and and this one should be a split. Yeah, I agree. I think a split. I think there's no way McVay loses two in this. No. And, and no. I think, obviously, some of that was on Goff last year, and some yeah. of that I've talked a ton on my podcast. As much as I love McVay, as much as I think he's the second-best coach in the division, there's a lot of games where he overcoaches, just like tries to do too, get too cute almost and just like just do what's working, and I think he'll learn from that and actually do that in this, this season. So. Well, I'll also say, I I think Salah had his number, you know, Salah figured him out and he knew it. He had a game plan that was very interesting and I haven't seen a lot of teams do this, but he looked at it and said, if we take away Cooper cup, we take away the Rams offense. And he did whatever he could to take Cooper cup out of those games. And it worked for him very, very well. So, you know, they may still try to do those things, but they're not going to do it at the rate that Salah was doing it. So I think that's where, we talked about the defensive coordinators and, and does it make a difference? This is a series where it definitely makes a difference. Yeah. And adding Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell to <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got some speed. Yeah. The speed. So, well, my man, Jesse Naylor, uh, seriously, dude, appreciate you. This has been so much fun. We'll definitely, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll connect again once these teams play in the off season or off season in the actual season. Um, but tell everyone, uh, where they can find you, where they can find all your great work and, uh, how to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter at jnay underscore LSS. You can find my YouTube channel, Last Second Sports. And you can also find me writing for all 49ers Sports Illustrated. Any one of them would be great. And yes, I think at the very least, let's do game previews. Anytime the Rams and the 49ers play, whether it's your platform, mine, doesn't really matter. Let's do some game previews and, uh, just get the fan bases together. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Crack some cold ones, talk some smack, uh, all those listening, uh, give Jesse a follow. I know you're not Niners fans, but Hey, it's fun for banter. It's fun for, we're finally having football back and we can talk about it. So uh, give him far of that. So dude, thanks so much. Glad, uh, glad your house isn't flooded and, uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest, uh, enjoy your weekend and hopefully, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right, man. All right. Huge, huge. Thanks to Jesse Naylor. Awesome dude. Uh, appreciate him. It's, it's fun. Obviously we want to talk, you know, our teams and we want to have, you know, like minds, but it's going to get across the aisle, right? Our politicians can't do it. They're, they're a mess when it comes to talking across the aisle, but in sports, we should be better at it. We can have genuine good conversations across the aisle, across rivalries. So that was fun with Jesse. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, some good, I think takes on both sides. I know it seemed like we kind of agreed on a lot of things, which Maybe I wasn't expecting, um, but I think, uh, you know, sometimes when you really break down football, you can 
you can see truths, right? <laughs> and you can take fan aside and just see what the truth is. And so I think that's why we saw that agreement. So uh, can't wait to, you know, invite him down here. Hopefully all of you will join us. Crack open a ice cold brewery X. Um, speaking of which brewery X before we log off here, before I sign off, uh, give a shout out to brewery X Friday, the 23rd of July. So when you're listening to the show, depending what day it is, it's a few days away this week. Whenever you're listening, it's this week, Friday, this week, Petros and money money, the voice of your Los Angeles chargers, but the Petros and money show on AM 570 will be recording live at brewery X in Anaheim, the La Palma beer trail brewery X partners with LAFB. We're going to be recording there a bunch too, but Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take a bow out in the beginning for Petros and money to do their thing, but coming out, Bunch of us guys from LAFB are going to be there um, hanging out. You can meet the crew at Brewery X. I know we've been praising for a while. Um, awesome guys. Awesome beer. Awesome food. Awesome atmosphere. Petrus and Money. Oh, and the LA Football Network is going to be represented. You can come hang out with us and just talk some balls. So uh, Friday, July 23rd, Brewery X. Uh, hit us up beforehand if you want to. But yeah, we'll be there. Uh, with a little crew hanging out, having some beers, having a good time. Would love to meet all of you that want to come out. So uh, hopefully we will see you then. But thank you so much for listening to the LA Football Podcast. Big thanks to Manscaped. Big thanks to Bet Online. Big thanks to Brewery X for your support and sponsorship. But most importantly, thank you to you, the listeners, whether you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whether you subscribe on YouTube, whether you're watching right now on YouTube, hit that like, hit that subscribe if you haven't yet. Appreciate you all. Be healthy, be safe. I know we're in a crazy world where things are this world roller coaster up and down. Keep a positive mindset. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Uh, help one another out. Ask yourself, what can I do today to help someone that I didn't do yesterday? That's kind of the mindset I try to live by. Um, but hopefully, we see you guys on Friday or in the future. And a lot of big things planned at the LA Football Network. I have some big announcements coming here in the coming weeks. Super pumped. Thank you all. Have a great night. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.